the best bits. Second rate show. Juggernaut of a podcast. Where we watch your suggestion. And see if we like it. One, please. Hello, this is Will here. I'm just doing a quick intro for this episode because we did a fantastic crossover episode with the amazing Cinemoil. And it's not just me. Kevin's here too. Hello, Kevin. How are you? Yeah, this was great crack. We recorded on video, but this is just the audio. So it doesn't sound like a usual episode on the Second Rate Show, but we had so much fun talking about Sunshine that we thought we'd put it on our main feed. So that's what this is going to be. Absolutely. This was a live episode. So our Patreon listeners and the Cinemall Patreon listeners were watching and uh, commenting live as we were recording this. It was so much fun to do. They're an amazing team, Cathy and Dave. The Cinemall, listen to them, enjoy them, and then go over and subscribe to their podcast. Yeah, the Cinemall podcast. You can find them on Twitter and at all good podcast apps. So um, thanks to Dave and Cathy for coming along. And thanks to our Patreons and to their Patreons for picking Sunshine, which is the film that we're about to talk about. Our sun is dying. Mankind faces extinction. Sixteen months ago, I, Robert Kappa, and a crew of seven left Earth frozen in a solar winter. Our mission, reignite the sun before it's too late. Welcome to Icarus 2. Hello and welcome to the Best Bits Second Rate Show, where we watch a film recommended by our listeners. And in this case, our listeners have voted for the film that we watch. And we're going to see what we think of it. This is Will. And as always, I'm joined by Kevin. Hello, Kevin. How are you, Will? I'm very good. But Kevin, it's not just us tonight. We're joined by Kathy and Dave from the Cinemoil. Hello, it's Hello. us, Kathy and Dave. Kathy and Dave have an amazing podcast called the Cinemoil, uh, where they, what do you do? Tell, explain what the podcast is. Now I wish the podcast was called the Cinema Mime, and it was the world's first miming podcast. Um, we uh, so we we are a married couple. We record our walk home from the movies. That's that's basically it. We go to the cinema, we talk before we go to the movie, then we see it, and then we turn on the recorder and chat about the movie on the way home. Yeah, and we're nearly seven years now, but totally amateur. We're not professionals like you guys. We just do it on top of oh. our normal non-film jobs. 
All right, we're definitely not professional podcasters, that's for certain. <laughs> I want to ask you, what cinema do you go to in Cork now to watch your movies? All, all over. We've been going to all of the gates. Yeah, I mean that's the main, the main offering in Cork, right? So we've uh... we just moved here to clarify in April, even though we're from Cork, we've just moved back. So yeah, the gates and Mahan Point. Point. Yeah, that's what we've yeah. been to so far. Um, so I think Cork's kind of lacking. I miss the Kino. Remember the Kino? Just oh, like a God, cool art house cinema. Uh, a friend of mine managed summer. the Kino, and oh, uh, I was in there a few times when he uh, was checking the reels. So I got a couple of like early morning screams of films oh, when he was, oh yeah, wow, well, it was a great Apparently listener. there's a cool one in yours, so we're going to try and get to that. Oh, very good. Mm-hmm. I've only very seen good. The Outside. It looks kind of quaint. It looks like mm-hmm. a, an old-timey cinema. Yeah. I missed The Capital as well. That was great. Do you remember you queued outside, they had the numbers, and then you queued down the street for whatever screen you were going to Terminator when 2. was the last time you queued for the cinema? It never happens anymore. So it was just straight me. A midnight Harry Potter, maybe. Clodo, we got a capital fan in the uh, in the live stream. <laughs> hey, go on, Clodo. Um, guys, we're doing this special crossover episode. We, uh, we you're coming on our show. We're going to try and get on your show as well. But tonight, we're uh, we have put it in the hands of our both of our patrons, and they've voted. And the film that they voted for is Sunshine. So uh, we're going to share our thoughts on sun- Sunshine. I can't get. Uh, it's not as if I don't get it. I haven't got enough sunshine today. Um, <laughs> it is so, hot today. It's a very appropriate time to be talking about this movie. It really is. It really is. So what we do, shall we Shall we get into the film? Shall I give you I, a... Go on, I Kevin. just have one question, though, just to clarify, because it'll, it'll sort of inform the whole conversation for me. Um, whose son was it? Was it Killian Murphy's son? What was the... <laughs> <laughs> I was very confused at the end. Like, I didn't know which. Listen here, <laughs> listen here, sunshine. Imagine if it was like um, Ray, Ray Liotta should have been in this. Are you embarrassed? <laughs> Turns out maybe the real sunshine was within him all along. Oh, the, oh, that's that's the, the murder we had along the way. Now I get it. Yeah, <laughs> but should we tell everyone why we picked sunshine or why it was in a vault? They picked sunshine. Cathy, yeah. you, you, you explain why uh, why you picked Sunshine, Cathy. Well, because we were doing a podcast crossover in Royal from Cork. Uh, we put it to our patrons that they had to suggest movies with the Cork connection, to which they came back with really wild uh, suggestions from Mannequin, uh, all the way down to the more obvious ones like Michael Collins. And then they picked the top six. Uh, we picked the top six based on all their feedback. And then they all voted and Sunshine won because Killian Murphy it's from Cork. That was the connection. And then I guess everyone Douglas wanted to hear us shit on this movie. <laughs> Is he from Douglas? He's from Douglas, yeah. Right, yeah. Oh, I did not know that. Yes. The I'm... um the sunshine itself doesn't feature much in Cork, though, except for today's weird heat wave. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It does not. And I think it's dramatic irony that they send an Irishman out seeking the sun. Uh, <laughs> and, and usually try to avoid it. <laughs> you know. Many confounding things about this film. (laughs) Killian Murphy spent half the film going, Jesus, I'm absolutely bit. Absolutely (laughs) bit. Sweating. Jesus Christ. If if he was a real Irishman, he'd have got burnt badly in the first act and then avoided the sun for the second act, but have a lovely Greek yogurt. (laughs) Really sorry sorry for himself for a good 45 minutes (laughs) (laughs) and got hammered that night. So, for those of you, I'm sure everyone knows uh, wins about everything about Sunshine. But for those uninitiated, Sunshine is a film by Danny Boyle, came out in 2007. Uh, The synopsis, the letterbox synopsis is 50 years into the future, the sun is dying, and Earth is threatened by Arctic temperatures. A team of astronauts is sent to revive the sun. 
but the mission fails. Seven years later, a new team is sent to finish the mission as mankind's last hope. So, yeah, and it stars Killian Murphy, Rose Byrne. Rose Byrne, who I did not... I was like going, is that Rose Byrne? Oh, my God, she looks so like so young. I, everyone looks so young. Um, mm. Chris Evans, when he was uh, in his... Uh, when he also looked young and less Captain America. Uh, Michelle Yeoh. Mark Strong, when he looked young. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he looks so young in this movie. He looks he great, <laughs> Great skin. <laughs> so many Marvel actors in this film that went yeah, on Benedict to Wong's in there, right? Benedict Wong. Michelle yeah. Yeoh. Mm. Yeah, incredible, incredible. So um, what do you think, lads and girls? Well, um, I loved it. Um, Is this your first time seeing it or you've no, seen it before? I saw it, but not for, I guess, since it came out, right? 15, 15 years. I caught it on DVD because it's judging by the box office receipts of this movie, no one saw it in the cinema. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, but I um, you know, I was a fan of Danny Boyle at the time. Obviously, 28 Days Later was a huge moment in the noughties as was uh you know train spotting before that so i was quite excited by this movie also sci-fi is my absolute favorite genre horror is my second favorite genre so and then so it's like right in the and my favorite type of sci-fi is isolation sci-fi on spaceships yeah um so i'm like this is really just in my sweet spot so i i think all my feelings towards this film are propped all those biases are are, are coming in here. So while I acknowledge it has some problems and some tonal mishmash, and we all uh, know about that famous issues with the third act, mm-hmm. uh, I I really enjoyed it at the time. I enjoyed it more now, having known the sort of weird left turn it takes at the yeah. end. Yeah. Um, but I I think it's solid. I love the I love Alex Garland's script. It's trying to. It's kind of. I think he, his writing has really progressed lately, and he's he's finally unlocked his what he wanted to do, which is a lofty sort of thoughtful, provoke, thought provoking sci fi. And I think there's a there's quite Boy, a lot of that in here. Oh, Ex Machina, oh, yeah, men. Uh, you just said uh, men. Men. I haven't seen that one. We yet, haven't seen but, that yet, yeah, but we did love Ex Annihilation. Yeah. You know, just mm-hmm. like really lofty, weird ideas. There's a lot of that in here, and Danny Boyle, uh, like, makes a beautiful looking movie. There's some. There's some. Awesome looking visuals. I'll throw it to the naysayers then. Right. Kathy, uh, Go on, Kathy. Kevin Kathy. I'm not a naysayer. Like I've just uh, never seen it before. So Dave said to me in advance, look, you're, just so you know, people think the ending is shit. Which I don't think you should say to someone actually before me. But um, we're watching it. <laughs> it's really good. And then spo- we're obviously talking with spoilers here, but I'm. Um, we were really enjoying it, but it was quite late before we started watching it just because of uh, being up with our kids and stuff. And there was just this cracking moment in the movie where Killian Murphy, when the, the voice of the spaceship says to him, there's, you know, there's an, another passenger on the movie, or another passenger on the ship. And I said, to Dave, I said to Dave, oh my God, this is the perfect time to pause it and we'll pick it up again tomorrow because it's like on a cliffhanger, we can come in and kind of yeah. catch the Turned out we paused it at the last good moment of the movie. So oh. coming back the next day was really dire and so interesting because I actually like the ending plot. I just don't like how it looks. Uh, so exactly, so yeah. I couldn't follow it. I, was, I don't know what I'm watching. I was so bored. I know it doesn't help to come back a day later and finish a movie, but um, yeah. Uh, though I enjoyed all the throwbacks, like you were talking about there, in terms of you know all the scene. It's always fun to see people when they were younger, but beyond that, yeah. I don't think even much of the acting. And to be honest, I don't think the acting's of note. Like. No one's really given much to do. Wow. See, okay. I think that this is up to a point, up until that moment, this is the best like uh, sci-fi film that I can think of. Um, 
this century. Like it, it was really wow. working for me this time where I was like, I'm loving all the dynamics here. I'm loving up all the thematic questions. You're up to up that to point. A... Okay. To that right. Point. Um, once it gets into sun zombies, I'm like completely checked out. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah. I, I can sort of understand what they were trying to go for, which is like the sun is God and yeah. he's a zealot and he's gone crazy. And you could plug that into the script a little earlier and have them pick up like the, the abandoned Icarus one and bring Mark Strong on as like a human being, like a decrepit, <laughs> emaciated guy, and then have him sabotaging the mission because of his zealotry and because of his, you know, the, the, the way that we would recognize zealots on Earth. But turning him into this sort of like Freddy Krueger-esque slasher villain, it's just a bizarre choice. And I feel like if you took out those 10, 15 minutes of him running around stabbing Michelle Yeoh and... and yeah, it's like a different movie, nonsense. isn't it? Totally. Yeah. And the fact yeah. that they, the effects didn't work, so they slathered the in all the sort of the CGI oh. to sort of like cover up so you couldn't see anything. But, yeah. uh, I kept thinking about... The film would work I, I, so I kept much thinking about um, Mark Strong's conversation he must have had with his agent, right? Where the agent's like, good news, Mark. We've got you, we've got you the, the new Danny Boyle movie. It's a great part. And he's like, great, I'll get some great exposure because I'm up and coming at in 2007 and yeah. it's like oh no you're actually just going to be at the very end oh fine yeah no that that's cool I'll, I'll be able to make a huge impact uh, in that short time. we're actually going to be in six hours of makeup um, so they won't actually know it's you we're going to put all this stuff on your skin I was like alright that's fine I'll work I'll work yeah. with uh, I'll work with that I'll make it work and, and also we're going to like make the camera completely blurry anytime you're on screen yeah. and you won't be able to see it that was like, solely done because the, the effects looked shite they just yeah. They they tried to cover it up, and I think it makes. Oh, it worse. I didn't know that. I was thinking it was some yeah. sort of stylistic choice to like have everything burning, <laughs> so you can't actually make anything out of it. I think that's how they were trying to uh, rationalize it in their head as well. It just didn't work. It's funny you said, uh, Dave, in when you first got into it that this film bombed. I saw this opening day in the cinema. I'm, 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 I'm right. that old. I remember I was over 18, just turned 18 that day. And I got really? to see this. I uh, know I'm joking. No, I'm oh, older God, than that. Older than that. <laughs> but Taffy, I got to see it. You know, tap the screen. <laughs> I'm, uh, I saw it opening day. But uh, the, the weekend this opened, it was an absolute scorcher. And the first proper hot uh, uh, weekend we had all summer. And but the cinema I saw it in in Galway was absolutely packed and I felt you could feel the room loving it up to a point and by the end of the film everyone walked out with that same sense of what the fuck what the fuck <laughs> yeah. who's your do that? I, I completely agree actually there's so many moments in this film that I adore I think are absolutely amazing the very first shot is so impressive we open with a, a shot what seems to be the sun but as uh, as this the sun gets bigger in the screen we realize it's the reflection of the sun on the heat shield of the spaceship as we as it rotates around that's gorgeous it does um uh, all the first things that opening uh, all of the drama and the tension in that first half of the film it's like it's effectively a disaster movie that's what we're mm. talking about mm-hmm. it's a bunch of people on a ship at the Poseidon adventure maybe and but they're but uh, you know they have uh, they have clear problems and the drama and the threat is so intense you want them to be successful and you want them to survive but as soon as that moment happens, as soon as that moment happens, that comes so late ship. in the movie. So there's there's a good. It's about, like, it's about far, there's about forty minutes. There's about I was looking at the clock. No, going, it's not another that. fifteen minutes in this. There's another seventeen. Like it's, it's not about. That. There's definitely 
It's about 30, 30 minutes. Okay, we'll split the difference. 25 I, minutes. I think it's about 30 roughly because we, we paused. That's when we paused and we were like, we're parents and we're very tired. We're going to bed now. But I was well, looking I was at trying to fix it and thinking, well, there's only about 10, 15 minutes of Mark Strong. So you can just take him out. I was thinking, how could you edit around it and, and not have him there? Yeah, I think it would work so much better. I don't even mind him being him. Um, I actually don't mind anything he did. And I think it was cool the way he snuck on the ship. And it's, it was actually just my two problems were how it looked. And then I did say to Dave when we were watching it, like, because, and you're the script writer, so you'll know better than us, but like when they never showed us anyone on earth until the very end. Right. That's mm-hmm. And I kind of said to Dave, if a disaster movie isn't showing me the people that it's going to impact, and I'm sorry, but I am that cliche who needs someone at the Eiffel Tower, someone and the Great Wall of China, and someone uh, at the Sydney Opera House. You want the Roland Emmerich I want every, yeah. this movie. Everybody in see... Times Square looking up at the big screen. Exactly. Like, I want <laughs> to see, or at least like show me a few families who is impacting, because it never showed us anyone, and I just didn't care for any of the characters in the ship, because like, we didn't know anything about them. I just, I just didn't care. I actually said, I just hope Mark Strong kills them all. But that was a deliberate <laughs> choice. God. By I just had no, it had no emotional Dan, impact. Danny Boyle wanted it to be very claustrophobic, and for you, the audience, to be stuck on the ship with them. So he. But how can it be claustrophobic if there's light flares going on in front of me and I can't like, witness the scene? <laughs> well, whatever yeah. about the stylistic choices, yeah. I think, I think largely he places you on the ship with them you can feel the mounting tension. I, that, that's what I think. I think it worked. Do you know what stood out to me after I read this little bit of trivia? And um, it kind of, it, it kind of, because I watched this film in, in segments as well. I was like watching it and dropping <laughs> off and coming back and dropping off. But um, I read that they designed the golden sun suits to look like Kenny from South Park. And <laughs> yes. oh, was put wow. into my head, watching him stagger around the corridors, he looks like Kenny. He looks like That's a, a so Funko Pop of Kenny. Oh. It was a, a bizarre choice. But I'll tell you one scene that I, I loved, because that's what we tend to do a lot on our podcast. I love the moment when um Chris Pine and uh Killy is Killy Murphy, did I get into a, an argument? And um he he comes back in to apologize and uh the apology is just him sort of like saying, Shut up, I came here to apologize, and he starts to squirm. And he doesn't say anything. And Kelly Murphy goes, is that the apology? He's like, yeah. And he leaves. And it's like, <laughs> they've, they've squared the difference. It's fine. But I thought that was kind of uh, cute and um, a nice great. little moment. But yeah, very believable moment between the characters. I, yeah, I, I, like I kind of the felt... The awkwardness was the apology. I felt, um, for the most part, I thought the human bits where they were actually just being human beings on a spaceship and, that, and the impossible challenges they were faced, I thought they were incredibly effective. Like the... Yeah. The decision Killian Murphy has to make, you know, between, you know, do we do we go for the Icarus one and potentially get two payloads, or do we just stay on course? And he cannot make the decision. He does make the decision, but then later Chris Evans, the sort of the who, who's hot this head. sort of stalwart, he's a hothead, but he's also just he's the person in the movie who just looks at everything logically, right? Despite the fact that he's not really a scientist, and he applies yeah. logic and reason to everything. We've done of an affair we got to kill that guy. And so it's like these, it's this mix of people who are um, either rational working, and emotional. Yeah, exactly. Rational and emotional. I think that that's, so. that's what the film is wrestling with. It's like empathy is humanity's greatest strength, but it's also our biggest weakness. So whenever they sort of get led by their heart instead of their head, it leads them astray and they end up, for the most part, fucking up. And Dave, I, I, if it stayed in that realm, I would have been really happy. 
Yeah, it didn't. Uh, it did not need the. I I totally no, just agree. All the, the human and conflict was enough. Could humanity enough. save I, itself? I don't, I don't get why it needed this big, like over the top horror genre ending because it was the tension was enough. Like I thought, yeah, it was from really them, like, action having to solve tense. problems that would yeah. have been enough. Like each time, every at every moment, the, the story was working so well because there was always another complication. All we need is just constant complications mounting on these people and them struggling with the decision of how to figure out how to solve this and how to save humanity. That's all that's I'm, I'm repeating what you're saying, but yeah, that's all we needed from this film. Um, what I, when you mentioned that you loved uh, isolation, you love horror and you love sci-fi and you love the isolation. Of course, the very first scene in this film is all of them uh, around the dinner table. And I just went, Oh, this is alien. Like, you know, there's so yeah. many homages to alien throughout this film. And I, I it's truly love the cast as well. Such a gotcha. great cast. It is a good cast. Really strong. Except and for like, the one guy, the captain guy, the, the, or the sort of second in command guy, Harvey. Oh, Harvey yeah. Became the, the sort of the, um, you know why he's named Harvey. Harvey. I read this as well. This guy. Read, we both did it. No brilliant. way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I he's read this. Really? After, he's named after Harvey Weinstein because they had such oh a, God. what film? They said they had a really horrible experience with him. Train spotting. Harvey Norman. Alex, Alex yeah. Garland. <laughs> Harvey Norman. Yeah. Harvey Norman. <laughs> it, was, it was a Harvey Norman marketing deal. It was uh, <laughs> the best Harvey had a bad experience and thought, I'll get, I'll show you. He's like, and the character's like, my God, I don't know if we're going to make this mission, but at least there's so many brilliant deals <laughs> on electronics back home. <laughs> um, the Yeah, no, Alex Garland had a terrible experience with Harvey Weinstein on train spotting, apparently. I'm and, shocked. Uh, this is, I know, right? Fuck no. Yeah, he, he had a feeling about that guy. And uh, this was his way of whatever, pay, paying him back, I guess. Yeah. I'm going to have him smash like glass out in space. That's the, that's just the best thing. That's just the best thing. Um, yeah, there were so many, like, so many great moments of tension in this film. Like when, like, when they, like, I loved, I loved the problem of when they uh, adjust the trajectory, and he and Benedict they come in and the alarms are going off, and Benedict Wan is sitting there going, "I did all the calculations, I double checked them, I triple checked them, everything was right, everything's good." So, like, you know, is the trajectory wrong? And he says, "No, I forgot about the goddamn shields." And it was just like, and it was like, oh, this is great. There's just a couple of, the, they forgot that the, the, their angle changed by one degree. I love the science and I love the hard science in this, uh, in this film. And I think um, they had, Brian Cox was like all over this film. And I think, yeah, Billy Murphy like used him. The, as si- the science point. guy, not the, uh, right. From succession. The, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that would have worked though. Imagine just him doing that to the sun. Yeah. yeah, fuck off, son. <laughs> Get brighter, you fucking shit. Sorry, Kathy. We're just doing a Brian Cox thing about this. That's fine. We're doing this at this time professional podcast is we're like our kids in bed, and I just go out and put them on the potty there while we're podcasting. So, yeah. Well, the listeners would never have known, but now they do. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I, yeah, I, I ultimately, this film. I don't know if should we say it, but this film did cause a split between Danny Boyle and uh, Alex Garland, didn't it? It did. Yeah. But if you read up on on the sort of the um, uh, the, the how they have phrased it themselves, they're 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 being a little magnanimous. So it's not as it's not as vicious of a split. But Alex Garland did say he'll never work with Danny Boyle again. <laughs> I was 
pretty and, vicious. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. that's professionally. I think they're it not was shitting on each other openly, but but refusing to work with him again. I think he's made his point. What was the thing Je- Gwyneth Paltrow described with her breakup with the Coldplay guy? Conscious, conscious uncoupling. I feel like it's yeah. like that. It's like they've kind of a mutual <gasps> oh. respect for each other because. I read that because I didn't know about any of this till last night when I googled sunshine. Um, but the um, no, I, get- I knew that they had a big falling out, uh, but I, I thought it was a bigger falling out than it was for some reason. I thought that they had like a screaming match and they, <laughs> well, they, they, they had to be separated, mm-hmm. probably. You never know. But um, the way that Alex Garland puts it is that he thinks the failing was in the script and that they never came to the right type of solution for a problem that they both identified, which is they both felt that the ending just wasn't working and if you watch Annihilation and and the sort of the, the really um, far out ideas that Alex Garland puts in his own movie I can mm. I can see you know where Natalie Portman's dancing with herself at the end this sort of like long ass alien version of herself um, you could imagine a sort of a more touchy feely version of that towards the end if they were still doing the same thing of like the previous captain has gotten so flown so close to the sun and in this reality, the sun is like a dying god, and he has become uh, a, a, a firm believer in this type and of god. They're kind of infatuated with, like, they all start to want more and more sunshine as they're in the room, which is really interesting. And I feel like they could have maybe explored that a bit. Yes, yeah, that was quite cool. And yeah. they could have explored that a bit more. Um, and I think, yeah, they they didn't. The Mark Strong stuff then was just so silly that. It, it kind of undid all of that of it. Like the scene where the, one of the guys is in the suit staring at the sun while he's dying and the other guy's like, what do you see? What do you see? Yeah. I really enjoy that. But their suits were so shit. Fucking sunshine. What do you think? <laughs> yeah. It super reminded me of, I always find it really jarring when you're watching a Marvel movie and you see Tony Stark blatantly in a studio and then you see the outside of Tony Stark's suit. And I felt like that with Killian Murphy whenever he was in the seat, the, the suit, it was so poor. It didn't at all feel connected to the movie. Well, guess what? Guess what I learned last night because I assumed the same as you that they've done that on a soundstage. Somewhere. I know what you're going to say. They shot it in they, space. They shot it in space, <laughs> didn't they? <laughs> yeah. he, shot it he was up the there. He did it. Yeah. No, they had a camera in those helmets, and he was in the space suit. Wow. In camera, in helmet, but but which makes sense because it's the Kenny from South. It makes Park. sense that why it looks even huge. extra shit then when he's in there. <laughs> yeah. They're all. They're crossing the line a little bit at the end. But, like I don't think any of them got to show off. Probably Chris, Captain America, got to show off his acting skills best. You never know which president is. <laughs> you're highlighting. I think you're highlighting a, a, a real integral problem with this film is that it doesn't. Not necessarily that it has to have a central character, but there's no true arc of any character in this film. Mm-hmm. Or I didn't. It wasn't overt to me, or I didn't feel I got anything from it. I did. Uh, we're in. Obviously, this is a full spoiler chat. Although I checked out the same as E, I completely checked out for so much of this film. I literally, there was a time where I went, where is Roseburn and where is the burn guy? Where, where are thought, they? They're, yeah. they're gone. Yeah. I thought where that are I they, missed right? something. Yeah. Yes, go to Did she get killed and I didn't pay attention? Yeah, I thought, remember when he pulled, um, when uh, Killian Murphy... She stabbed him in the arm. Oh, yes. oh yeah, she did. She Oh yeah, she did stab him. But I thought, right, when... In the Apple uh, store. When, uh, <laughs> when uh, what's his face? <laughs> Killian Murphy, right, uh, was doing his kind of daring uh, uh, 
thing where he was in the spacesuit, the Kenny suit, and he uh, blew the airlock. I thought Rose Byrne's body went flying past him at that stage. And I went, <laughs> oh, did they all just get sucked out like that? And they didn't deal with it, like, you know? I thought um, that as well, because they were gone for two. Like, there was a point where he was releasing the payload. The other thing I said to Dave, and again, you're the script writer, is when he started doing all the payload stuff, I said, what the start of this movie should have had was Killian Murphy either being taught how to activate the payload or him teaching someone else because it needed to be like the most recent Top Gun or a Mission Impossible where you set up the mission, right? And then you can follow it. So he starts activating the payload and we're like, but we don't know where the beginning, middle and end of this is. Hmm. So then I thought he'd done it and then he goes into that giant room and then a battle happens. So again, you're like, what the fuck's happening? I yeah. can't it should have started. It should have started with Mark Strong's character and seeing... Teaching Killian Murphy or something. I don't know. In a completely different headspace where he's not. So, yeah. you know... Um, twisted by what he's seen and yeah, something uh, should have happened where we we felt like we knew what the other thing was they were all like oh the only happening? one who can do it is kappa and i'm like surely everyone on this ship's been trained to fucking do that with the dog tags turn a few knobs and go in and activate it in case kappa dies or something but they seem to have no backup plan for me yeah bad planning so there's a lot of plot yeah. holes in it as well so it's the typical thing of uh, sci-fi up. movies where they have a gigantic ship and they have like six people on board to, to run the entire ship. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, uh, yeah. I think you need about 600. There's but, a um, thing happens with me when I'm watching a film and nor- when I'm watch- I-, I watch all asleep. films in like, <laughs> well, like Cathy and Dave will definitely relate to falling asleep during watching films. I'm sure. Um, being parents, uh, Kevin, um, I'm just trying to now I'm really killing the joke by explaining the joke I'm sorry but <laughs> they get funnier when you explain them kind of yeah more. I hear they do actually I've got a graph um, but my point being is that when I'm watching a film I generally I'm in full relaxed I'm I'm watching this for the enjoyment right but as soon as my instinct my oh shit I need to fix this instinct kicks in which is my the, the writing instinct oh there's something broken that's when I know something's gone <laughs> something's gone and my instinct kicked in as soon as I, as soon as Mayor Strong's character appeared, uh, I just went, "Oh no, something's wrong! Oh, we need to fix this! Get, get, just get on a call. We, we need to have a chat. We need to have a meeting." Uh, All right, let's out. put him on the spot. How would uh, you fix it, Will? Oh well, I, I wouldn't. I He's wouldn't a member of the in. academy, you know, so this should be a good answer. <laughs> Mark Strong or me? Oh no, no you? Talking, me, yeah, I'm a member of the academy. We don't bring it up in every episode. Um, Did you but I would kick Will out. My, <laughs> I'm not in the academy, but I would. If I no, could. not you, the other will. Oh, oh. let's oh, yeah. one. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I didn't get a vote on that. We didn't get a vote. I got emails, all right, but uh, to say, like, we're dealing with it. He's getting spanked or something like that. Um, but basically, it's, it's, it's my, my fundamental thing in writing screenplay is you don't introduce fundamental aspects, aspects to the story beyond the halfway point. You so, said this to me actually years back as advice on one of my scripts. I asked you for an opinion. You said you shouldn't introduce something in the second half that will solve the movie that you haven't set up in the first half. Yeah. And, and for me, Mark Strong's character is that. You, you're bringing this external aspect, this external character, which is like inviting, it's, it's like you're having a great night out with your buddies. You're all sitting down, you're having a few beers, right? It's about 12 o'clock. And then you're someone in a brings their here. girlfriend. I someone know exactly. Walks, <laughs> someone comes in who hasn't been on the beer and the atmosphere changes. And that's what happens in a film. And they're like, you know, really, really sunburned. Yes, and right. They're spouting about yeah. the sun being God and you're like, oh, what's this? Yeah, I agree with that, yeah. but I do, I have to give the movie some credit that while Mark Strong wasn't introduced, introduced as a character in the first half, the concept of his ship 
and the crew on it was introduced. So it wasn't like yep. so left field and they did go on his ship because of a distress signal. So I find it, I, I, I agree with you, but I don't find it as egregious guess, as another movie where they might just throw a Hail Mary. You're right. The specter of him as a character existed. Not so much him as a character, but more that we knew a group of people who were on the other ship. Yeah. But we were like, what's he lived on? Is it because the, the, the forest. I just thought he just had a very vegan esque diet where he just was he going just into that. He's just vitamin D. A really overgrown garden. So he was just doing a lot of weeding, or no, a lack of weeding, and um, licking his own sweat, I'd imagine. I don't know. The scene um, where Rose Byrne pulled his arm off, I wished we could have seen because I was like, that's class. Yeah. But like they yeah. just showed no, us like, like, like a flash of it. <laughs> also, why didn't Rose Byrne and Gillian Murphy hook up? In oh, the sunshine I have an answer room? to that as well. Then there oh, was I a thought sex they were going to have a sex scene in the sunshine yeah, room was, and it was like heightened the sex or whatever. supposed to be sex scenes and then Danny Boyle said, no, no sex. He said, no, it's yeah. not working. There's meant to be um, a sex scene in the sunshine room. I don't know was it the sunshine room, but they, they were supposed to hook up and there's a kind of the oh, remnants of it. There's a scene where they're, um, took, yeah, the, the Mercury thing. They, um, <laughs> And also, he said no. He he wanted no sex, and he wanted no comedy. Kind of stripped Jesus back any, Christ. any oh. comedy to maintain the series. So you want no sex, Man. no comedy, no um, no characters that you've introduced properly. What Just do you want? From sun me? zombies. That's all. Sun zombies <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> what I'm signing under? Are we having, running around with a scout? Are we having sun zombies? If, well, <laughs> if we are, I'm on board. <laughs> and what happened? I know Dave's done some fun facts because that's what we always do in our Patreon episodes. So yep. Dave's doing some. I think but, we've done most of them now. But, <laughs> they've all come out. But heard. what happened? Like, did it originally look different and something went wrong in the edit and that's why it looks so bad? I can tell you some insider information because a yeah, mate of mine is uh, a VFX guy or an SFX guy. And um, he said they des- they designed three prototypes for it. So they were always going to do this sort of monster running amok on the ship. Mm-hmm. Uh, they try to do it with like reflective material. They try to do it with um, LEDs in the sort of like latex. And um, they ended up with what they had. And Fox saw the film and thought, this is awful looking. <laughs> and so they went back in and then they just decided to do all this sort of distortion Smudged. and fractals uh, and sort of make it impossible to actually know what you're looking at. And uh, I it think doesn't work. I just said to Dave, I can't believe a screen it like a, a studio greenlit this. Like, I can't believe you know the way like they well, obviously with all the stuff recently with DC cancelling movies based on test screenings. But with that one, surely the audience were like, we can't fucking follow it. Well, it was it almost didn't get. Um, they, they pitched it to 20th Century Fox, um, but they wouldn't give over the budget. So then they went to. They said, but maybe we could do it on the Searchlight brand, which is their indie. They searched Fox Searchlight. But it still kind of didn't have enough. So then the producer and Danny Boyle ended up getting a load of funding from Britain, from the National Lottery and elsewhere. So they got it up to 40 million. I thought the National Lottery was to help people. (laughs) (laughs) It helps us, Kathy. That's enough. And Kathy, that's the reason you don't have your scenes at the beginning of the Eiffel Tower and Big Ben it's because they only had a budget of 40 million they had to that's a lot of sunburn to put on Mark Strong so <laughs> 30 it's million. mad when you think of the um, the makeup because uh, we are obsessed right with For All Mankind which is was, is a show predominantly set in space and we actually oh, we do weekly reviews on our patrons so we're kind of obsessed to talk about it so much and uh, uh, we were watching this uh, right after a For All Mankind or right before a For All Mankind episode 
and it, it didn't do this any favors that we were kind of watching them back to back. But one of the things that struck me is for all mankind is done a thing this season where they've aged up a lot of their characters. And I listened to one of them on a podcast and she's barely aged up on screen. And she said she spent three hours a day in makeup. So yeah, what the fuck did Mark Strong do in makeup? Uh, the poor man if someone with a few wrinkles there. takes yeah. three hours. But like, why do they bother? Like, why didn't they just put him in a suit? He did actually Skin choose suit. that role though. So, so... Danny Boyle apparently um, wanted to work with him and he said, what what role are you leaning towards? And then he said, I want to be pinbacker. Um, and then he was like, really? We were, <laughs> this is what I found the cut. Danny Boyle said, really? We were going to get a stunt guy to do that. Oh, wow. um, um, and then he was wow. like, no, I think I can really bring something. And he said the same thing to Michelle Yeoh, who was the biggest star at the time. Um, mm. And he said, you can be anyone you want in this movie. Um, As in like, Blind casting, yeah, as in she yeah. could have been any character. He, said he who just oh. he loved her in Tomorrow Never Dies. This is the era we're in, uh, and Crouching Tiger. <laughs> and, he, and he said, uh, "Yeah, you can be whoever you want. We want you in this movie." And then she, I don't know, she chose the botanist. Who well, her say character much. was probably um, quite cool on script, and she had that. I thought that scene was amazing, where she was in the kind of tunnel, and then everything went on oh, fire around her. Shot. So I, I actually think she, yeah. on paper, had a good character. It's just she wasn't really given. The, I like that they showed that at the end when everything was going to shift, the two guys ended up just swinging at, at each other and the two women were just like, yeah, oh, for Christ's sake, would you just conserve your energy because we need to actually get back at the end of this. And I thought, oh, yeah. this is nice. Yeah, that was a nice touch for them. But it actually yeah. was like, oh, there's a human moment where like they are using up oxygen and that would be really frustrating to watch. And like the losing oxygen thing was classic. That's a and they great never really conceit. Followed that through Just either. lean into that. Yeah, they, they should have showed us them being weakened from lack of oxygen, not mm-hmm. all fighting for, at the end. For me, the best scene in the movie is the four of them having that vote. The, yeah. On, oh, it's really yeah. good. Yeah. Don't have enough oxygen. We've got a guy there who's suicidal. Um, that's an incredibly like potent dilemma. To it's because be it's the only like character driven story in the whole film yeah what they needed was to dig in with the characters and have like chris evans's character be revealed <laughs> i was gonna say chris Pine. chris evans's character you be revealed i didn't want to point it out kathy because you know i still like the same but you know that's fine like kevin sorry i meant chris hemsworth um <laughs> I, I would have loved for them to reveal that he had nobody back home that he gave a shit about and that he was actually really angry and wounded and he was like uh like the the 2007 version of um someone that's that's come back from combat or whatever and is just sort of a very angry hothead volatile person and then you could arc that character you could have him sort of like risking everything to save a world that doesn't doesn't love him back or, or what he feels. If you dug into the characters in that way, then the tension is like the whole faith of the, the planet is reliant on can these people keep their head? And if they're. If yeah. they're I love that you just said we could arc that character. That's class. Because he was the closest to being. Like I really said to Dave, actually, he was, yeah. It was one of the coolest and most brutal deaths I've ever seen on film, was him. It's literally cool. He. <laughs> went in, he did this amazing sacrifice of like dropping himself into effectively li- liquidy, frozy, I don't know what the fuck it was. And he, he went in to cool down the whole thing, thought he had succeeded, realized he was blocking it with his leg and then died knowing oh, that, that he rough. had failed so spectacularly. That's one of the worst deaths where other characters 
usually die before they realize it's failed or like Killian Murphy died at the end of Hero's death because he knew he'd saved the world. But for Chris uh, Hemsworth, he knew <laughs> he knew how much he fucked up and he had his legs stuck and he was freezing to death. And I thought that was brutal because I thought he was being the most selfless character. I also loved the plot on the original captain when they were all on the other ship. And he tried to like pull rank and not let anyone go back except himself. Like that was a cool character moment. There was a solid twenty minutes in there where yeah, like, it was properly thrilling. When it was people stuff. just negotiating, yeah, like, who has to rank upper rank and and who should do what. I like that stuff. I want to ask you: Did Rose Byrne die at the end, or was she just like too weak to, to actually continue acting? I th- <laughs> I think uh... I think she was kind of lying there, and she too understood. She that said, Killian "Finish Murphy. it" or something. I think she knew that they achieved it before she died. I think well. she's going to die when the payload goes off anyway. But she was so, also on Death's Door, I think. Yeah. Killian Murphy is like looking at the flames. And do you think that that was a literal moment that happened? Or was it sort of like, sort of like, um, uh, how would you say? It, it was a metaphor where he was basically touching God and, and looking at this, this amazing bright light and... Seeing the face of God. I never thought. Of I don't that. know. I don't know if it literally happened, but I think I agree with you, Kev. It's definitely meant to be a sort of it's a spiritual, religious experience for him. Yeah. That's what I took from it. It's like you know, because a lot of the movies, the characters, a lot of the characters are looking at the sun as this deity, and they're you know, this the, the psychologist talks of stardust, and he gets really into it, and it, and it is that sort of science versus religion tension, and I think. I agree with you guys. There isn't really any arcs in this movie, but what you could maybe draw one with Killian Murphy, who's the, the, he's the hard science the atheist, guy. He's, physicist. Yeah. he's an atheist and he kind he of comes close to a religious experience. At the Do you know very, what they should have done? They should have had to constantly um, betray their own humanity in order to save <laughs> humanity. They should have had to kill off each other or just continually like get deeper and deeper into the, into the, well, and that's that's yeah, what that so vote scene awesome. kind of was, yeah. right? I mean, and you know, and Chris Evans was willing to do that, and he walks in to do the act, and it is kind of you know, it's it, kind of a cop out that they didn't have to do. It, wasn't yeah, it? it's kind of a cop out. I think Killian Murphy and Rose Byrne should have had sex, and then he should have had to kill her. They could <laughs> oh, have, they could have good. upped something there. Like there was no emotional yeah. stakes really, sex and like I'll space. cry at any movie, and I was like, fuck this, I'm not crying. Don't try and manipulate me. <laughs> Even at the end, the only bit where I kind of went, oh yeah, a bit of a surprise is when the family were actually at Sydney Opera House, but like it was all frozen yeah. over. I was like, okay, they've given us a, a monument that you wouldn't expect to be surrounded by snow, but like they it felt of, like a cheap trick. They did one of the uh, the great sins of exposition uh, where Killian Murphy goes, hey sis. Yeah. <laughs> Though I do call my <laughs> sister Just in case sis. you need to, didn't know that. I thought that, that I do call my sister sis. Eve. <laughs> I, I want hi- to highlight a couple of things that I because I know we really are bashing on this film, but I genuinely there are things about it I really, I really did love. It. Um, the the score For, until oh, until yes. it gets overbearing at the end when it's used to try and cover up the the makeup makeup effects. John Murphy, obviously of Irish descent, has to be of Irish descent. I, I say oh, yeah. by the sound of it, I say he's from Cork. Is Eddie Murphy? Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but the score is absolutely amazing. It has been ripped off in so many advertising campaigns. I'm sure not strong blow, you know, um, used. Um, I Every sports montage well, on the BBC yeah. for a good ten years. Yeah, yeah, it is a fantastic and, score. And Underworld worked on the score as well. Did they really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, from the, yeah, from there was the a good action sequence that had a there. sort of a 
a propulsive like yeah EDM it was like vibe. A, a collab between them did you mm. stay on to watch much of the credits or did you switch off nah as soon because as that music started I turned it off but you want to know something as well, it goes on uh, after the first like you know kind of the uh, below the line cast like you know written by you know written, um, directed by all this sort of stuff Peasants. and we get the scrolling cast they have they have like you they guys have, stop like, it written by right yeah. they have like an yeah. 80s they have like a little insert uh, they have all the credits rolling but they have a little insert uh, video of like like okay. 80s stuff of like you know just seeing the cast kind of like in you know <laughs> look yeah it's so weird this is like I've just watched this oh the Farley right? brothers used to do that a lot where so, they show you was, all the, the I, was gonna, I was genuinely yeah. going is this going to be bloopers are they going to show us the bloopers from, <laughs> yeah, from bloopers like, did you see the, the subliminal like inserts that they, they spliced that's in that's weird that didn't shows. work for me David explained to me who they were I the like, film really swings for some style choices and it doesn't it does. always hit it to be fair I think, I, think I, I think personally that that's like in editing them trying to solve the problems that's them trying to how do we convey that there are people on the ship you know, yeah. how would that there, you know, there are humans here, people, because we haven't really established them before this. So that's, I don't know. I think that that's, that's in editing, trying to solve issues, you know. And, they uh, needed a pet. They needed like a, a little dog or something. <laughs> then we always have been like, <laughs> God, what's happening with the dog? I'm Every telling you, there was a asking. dog thing in For All Mankind that it was brilliant. Up in <gasps> really? I need I've to started watch watching it. I started watching it. Wait till you see the dog in season three. Oh, That's wow. the Star Trek and BSG uh, guy, isn't it? Yeah, Ronald um, D. Moore. It's yeah, we. Ronald do you know what? Yeah. We killed Sunshine by watching them in parallel. Like it was, it was just not. It was okay. like not right. Dave, have you got any fun facts for us? Have I think we. we I think we've done most of them. I had oh, a yeah, couple of done. other things. I uh, I spotted Oscar Isaac apparently auditioned for uh, a role in this, and then I must have helped him with Ex Machina. Uh, the far superior down, movie. Later down the line. Um, Killian Murphy, I love this. I looked up to win any awards, right? And it won a few sort of technical Razzies. stuff. But uh, for acting, I could only find that Killian Murphy was nominated for an IFTA, and the which for any international listeners here uh, is, of course, uh, yeah. Irish Film and uh, Television Awards for actor in a lead role in 2007. But he lost it to Pat Short, which I think is just amazing. For Garage. Uh, for Garage, yeah. Which, That's... Wow. Oh, for Garage, okay. Yeah, I mean, to be, fair, to be fair, Garage is great and Patrick yeah. is great in it, but I just think it's brilliant that Killian Murphy lost. Well, Killian Murphy's a brilliant actor, but in this movie, like, I could have been in it for all that mattered. Like, he was given nothing to do. Um, I mean, he has to <laughs> go around in a sweaty spacesuit. He does a lot heavy. of sweating. Yeah. Yeah, to be fair to him. Charlie, I love you just come up with all the daggers. You just go, you just <laughs> really sing, sing. Oh, it's great stuff. It's, well, it's good not stuff. against any of the actors. I just, yeah, they weren't good. Well, the motto in our podcast is films are fucking shite. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> no, we love films. Right in. We just, do you know what's so funny? Speaking of X Mac and it was like long before we did our podcast, but. Um, we actually lived in Sydney at the time. The opera house was not covered in snow. And uh, we were we went to the ex Mac and I remember we were in a cab home from the cinema and we were like overanalyzing the movie like we always do. And the cab driver turned around and said, would you mind? Because I really want to see that movie. Oh my God. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. That's um, why we put spoiler alerts in, in front of everything. Yeah, um, that cab I'll do, driver I'll do, was so sorry. I'll do two more and then maybe we'll uh, we'll let some of our listeners uh, join us on stage and see what you guys think. So let us know if you, if you want to join us. Um... This is, I thought this was quite interesting. So Danny Boyle wanted the cast to have a real uh, like um, bond, right? To, mm-hmm. As the people on the spaceship would have. So we actually had them live together 
in uh, student accommodation oh, in London oh, God. for several weeks, and he he made them go to uh, intense training scuba. Yeah, class. They went to lectures on the physics of the movie. So Brian Why Cox even? did a lecture. They then- must have hated him when they saw the finished <laughs> film. <laughs> I get that when it's a movie like a league of their own, right? And all the actors had to go and spend a long time training together and you're building up the team spirit. You have to also train them how to actually play baseball for the sake of the movie. Why do they need to understand physics? Well, so that they can say things like, uh, oh, we've got to get the hydraulic uh, rot- rotational motivator. Uh, well, they shot the whole film was ad-libbed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> As we've got no, no, at the end of this, at the end of this uh, six weeks of classes, there was a spaceship outside with a camera crew. This is like, you're all going into space and you have to fly it straight <laughs> to the moon. Let's do it. <laughs> That's how Tom Cruise would do it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Um, I think that's kind of kind of uh, the main ones. I think, I, yeah, I covered everything else. Sorry, and I tell you the fun fact I learned about space recently, minutes. not related to this movie, but it's just so random. Yes, please. Yeah. That um, Lance, I think it was Lance Bass from NSYNC, he, in the noughties, like, was going to go to space. He tried to go to space and trained all these Russian astronauts. I remember this. <laughs> Sorry? I remember that. Yes. Really? That, yeah, I, I randomly heard him on a podcast the other day talking about it. But that's more valid than making With these the Russians. guys go to physics. He was going to go up with the Russians. Yeah, he was going to be a cosmonaut. Cosmonaut. <laughs> wow. Anyway, that's totally fun. That's a more fun fact than Danny. But NASA wouldn't have it. NASA were like, no way. no way. Eventually, he couldn't get it funded. No one wants to fund it. It's crazy. Oh, wow. Oh, I'll, I'll, one more thing I read. The, um, the reason that uh, Danny Boyle also wanted to cast it very... Um, uh, have a very, very diverse cast, but he he made it so that it was Americans and Chinese because they projected that fifty years from the, when the movie was released, which is when it would set, they would be the two superpowers with the, the most developed space programs who could have um, done it. Which obviously we know the US is collapsing on itself now, so it's probably is not going to happen. But mm-hmm. the um, uh, which for me was a point of frustration when I was watching this, especially because we were coming at it from the Irish angle. I was like, why can't, if this was made today, Killian Murphy would just have his accent because Irish people could go to Irish space. Accent, though, didn't she? Um, but, they, but they deliberately made them have American accents so they would be from NASA or whatever. But also NASA hire international people. Come on, guys. Yeah, but like, probably yeah. not in fairness. Like, if you've got a talent pool of the whole world to choose from... I don't know. I find it frustrating. And I think these days, I think there's less of this, oh, American audiences need to hear American accents. Kind Do you of remember thing. the Cloverfield right. movie they put out? They just dropped it on Netflix. Um, it was like Oh, Chris, um, the other Chris, the Irish Chris. Was, Chris O'Dowd was, Chris was yeah. an Irish astronaut. He had an Irish tricolor on his... On his um, yeah. That was a big moment. Armband. It that. was. You don't remember an amazing it movie. movie. I loved it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't I want to it. know, as a last sort of like um, science-based question, how the hell did those plants keep growing in that spaceship when there was no sunlight on them? Photosynthesis. Sure, wasn't, wasn't the sun Photos, They need sunlight for photosynthesis. Though. Sure, isn't there a big sun they could channel? They use mirrors no and windows, channels. Though. They could just get a little, one of those fancy, you know, one of those I interior designers it. with loads Doesn't of little mirrors. And the mirrors. The you know the ones they have out on the roads for seeing, they just had a series yeah. of cat's eyes. That's how we would do it, I If I was them. And it's also good for the feng shui just to have nice mirrors to make the space more... It did look lovely. Lovely lighting up there. 
Yeah. yeah. I loved the bit where they like, see, Chris Pine was actually the brains of the operation. He was like, we need to burn through yeah, that room. It was Chris Hemsworth. Mm-hmm. Chris <laughs> he was like, we need to burn through that room. Like, he was the star of the movie. Killian Murphy wasn't really the star. Like, he didn't have anything to do. Yeah, but he's kind of uninteresting in a way because he's so, like, the same from beginning to end. You know, it's just it's so because regular. he's a reactive he character, here. and and Chris, what are the other Chris's? There's four Chris's. There's Chris, Chris Pine, Pine, Chris, Chris, Pratt, Chris, Chris Pratt, Pratt, Isaacs, yeah, Chris, Chris Pratt. Oh yeah, the bad Chris. That's the one you're thinking. Christopher. <laughs> yeah. Christopher. Yeah. Christopher was the one that was like active in scenes. He was creating the conflict, and yeah. um, those are the ones that you you gravitate towards because they're doers. They're not sort of like sitbackers and yeah. And he even when the other captain was like, "I'm taking Kappa's suit." Captain America was like, no, you're not. And then he wrapped himself in tape, which is fucking class. So that mm. stuff was all super cool, yeah. That was cool. There's some great moments in this movie. And like yeah. when when Chris Waddle uh, volunteered <laughs> to go and be... Remember they were saying, okay, the next person has to volunteer to, to go across, or what, whatever it was. And he says, yeah, I volunteer. I volunteer Killian Murphy. And it was like, oh, that's really good. But then, yeah. like, he's not... He's, he's so... Not cra- he's so cr- clinical in his decision-making. But then, as you as you just pointed out there, later on he then, you know, he he, he volunteers Killian Murphy to go back again. It's it's just, I, I, yeah, he was the most interesting character in the whole lot, definitely. Yeah, yeah. What? I mean, he what had a haircut. Man. That was a great character act for him. Yeah, we were saying, why did they do that? Like, what was that, that was about? So that was so. He was baffling. depressed, and then he cut his hair, and then he was. Actually, you man. have to keep in mind where he was in his career right now because he had two Marvel films in his pocket at this stage. This was in between no. the Fantastic Four. No, no, no. Fantastic Four. No, this oh, is pre- Fantastic. Oh, the Fantastic Four. Oh, He's nice. the Human Torch. And yeah. I think there was something around where he dropped You got us on a technicality there, Will. Oh, listen, listen, listen. <laughs> I'm, I'm a Marvel fanboy here. He uh, also did that other superhero movie, Push. Oh, that was quite oh, good. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. I vaguely remember with, that. With Dakota Johnson or, or one of the Johnsons. Fanning? No, not her. Fanning, no, yeah. Fanning, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you, you all rec- I'm assuming you all recommend this film, though. I do. I think it's great. Okay. It's got I also think I that it's a very, it. very good film. <laughs> really? After yes. the conversation we just had. <laughs> I mean, I, if I wrote it, I'd make it better. But I genuinely thought up to about an hour, this I was riveted. I was just so into the problem. I love, I love the procedural aspect of solving problems yeah. and just yeah. seeing if you just had those characters solving problems the whole yeah. way and ended up at the same point, I would have been quite happy. It's as soon as we have Mickey Lauda's ghost, uh, yeah. Mickey Lauda's burnt <laughs> Formula One driver, um, who actually he was modeled. I think they modeled some of the the prosthetics on Jesus. Mickey Lauda. Um, so I think yes, good sci-fi has to be down to characters making interesting decisions in interesting situations, and that is why the end of it isn't good sci-fi and it's not good horror, and it's not watchable. Yeah, it's like I said, it's unwatchable. That's like. a question. Is it a horror film? It no, I don't it, think. It yeah. shifts genre. It shifts genre. It does, and that's why it's so jarring. It just feels like a different movie has arrived. So she, yeah. her patron Kate, isn't here because she specifically loves isolation horror. It's true. And is an expert on it, so she could answer these Speaking questions. Speaking of patrons, we've oh, got, we do have we've some got a few questions here. So Cloda asked a question for all of us. If you didn't know what year Sunshine was made in, when would you have guessed it was made? It's great. I would have gone with Event Horizon era of like 1999 or 98. Yeah, it's a good, good answer. I would have gone just simply because of the emo haircuts, the way they, uh, Chris uh, Killian Murphy and um, Chris um, Tarrant uh, both had uh, emo <laughs> haircuts. <laughs> <laughs> that I'm, uh, these are deep cuts. They have, so I was at mid two thousands, mid two thousands. 
Yeah, I would have said 90s as well, except for the haircuts now that you say it. And this, like, I know that, yeah, I would have said 90s purely special effects were that bad. I didn't think they I thought they were casual. all right. I, I, there were several of those sessions, but I thought the ship design was cool. I, yeah, I liked a lot of that, but, um, yeah. But Do the you think blurriness the actor that played Harvey looks back on this film and thinks, what the fuck? Am I chopped liver? Like, huge careers and he's the guy who got smashed to uh, open space I recognised him though from something else he's in a TV show he certainly went on to have the crime least. watch he had the more interesting <laughs> character though they just didn't let him he didn't get enough on screen because he was kind of an asshole I thought he was interesting in, yeah. that, in that he's that, that decision he makes towards the end like I'm in command I'm getting in the suit even though we all know it's the but wrong I didn't decision. buy that kind of, funnily enough I you didn't don't think buy that it would be no, I, don't, I don't think you'd be that sort of like of a coward that you think fuck everybody fuck humanity fuck the planet I just need to uh, save my own skin because I did say to Dave what he'd only live for like another 12 hours um, yeah. which brings me to my but final criticism of the movie right. where it annoyed me so much that they weren't like on a constant t- uh, countdown to like how many kilometers in the sun or how many hours in the sun because at one point I was like, are they a year away or a day away? Like That's that was a good never point, clear. actually. Mm-hmm. It was yeah. really unclear. So when she said to Killian Murphy, 12 hours till he reached the sun, eight hours till you're out of oxygen or whatever, I was like, oh, that's the first time we got any context as to where they were in the journey. Yeah. Oh, we're getting loads more questions now. Okay, uh, Dave uh, O'Neill. None of them want to come on the green room, though. Does anyone want to come on screen? Come on, someone brave enough, come up and join us. <laughs> um, so Dave O'Neill says that uh, Chris... Um, I don't have any other Chris's guys. I've run out. The, the, Chris Evans did Christy another Moore. comic. Christy Moore did another <laughs> comic movie. If we can guess it, I, uh, comic oh, movie. Oh, the comic movie. Oh, not. Oh, Scott Pilgrim versus. Ah, oh, very well John. Excellent. Very cool. well um, and Chloe... only because I read a comment on our Twitter recently about how his character and that was like his character in um, Greyman. So I can't take any credit um, for that. Uh, Clodagh says it shows how quickly an audience will disconnect from story uh, telling with a few dodgy VFX, even if you've done great work elsewhere in a film. Yeah, that's true. I think that's fair. Um, although sometimes, like in in like I in like you know in like a really bad sort of Roger Corman sort of sort of level. Oh, movies, campy. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes I like if the VFX are really bad. They're even if they're bad, but you can see them and follow what's on screen though. Mm. It's different if the camera, the whole lens is lit up yellow and you can't actually see what's happening. Uh, yeah, it didn't work. Um, does someone else want to read some questions so I'm not talking out the whole time? Oh, I have to learn how to read. Sorry, hold on a second. <laughs> and I I'll to, go. I'll, I'll fill the silence. Tommy oh, asks, you... what's your favorite isolation space movie? He says, Ad Astra. Oh no, Ad Astra, Passengers, Gravity, etc. Moon has to be. Oh, yeah, Moon cool. is a great answer. Yeah. 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 It's got to be the best of the best. I'm going to put for isolation. The, uh, I'm going to say Alien and just that. be boring, but I just love Alien. I also love the one, the uh, planet, the the gardener in space one. Um, which, oh, Silent uh, Running. Gardner in space. Yes, the Martian. Yeah, Silent Running. Oh, oh Martian. Martian's, Martian's very good as well. Yeah, the Martian's yeah. excellent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's real isolation as well. It's just him and his potatoes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, he's and his own excrement. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the poop potato. <laughs> There's some really good ones as well, you see. That's why I'm surprised when you say like that you thought this was Will when you were saying that you thought this might have been like one of the best sci fi movies. Oh that was that was Kevin. That, that was, was Kevin. me. Oh sorry, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's probably just, you know, me just trying to fill some you know, <laughs> uh, kind of 
I'm trying to think of something to say. And uh, <laughs> I was going to ask you, do you have any bad sunburn stories? Yeah, I I got so sunburned as a teenager that my like my eyes like bulged up like a frog and I couldn't see. Like they oh, swelled God. up afterwards. Um, I had a GP that oh. told me um, to get rid of my spots, just get the sun. And so I laid out on my nan's back wearing baby oil oh, no. when I was about 15. Oh my and, uh, God. I got rid of the spots, but I also got rid of about three layers of skin as well. Oh, God. Oh. And then they came also, back baby and, oil yeah. wouldn't be good, regardless of the fact that you scorched your face, but baby oil oh, would I've, be like a terrible ingredient for spots. Covered in spots. It was like, you know, they just roasted myself. And uh, oh, God. yeah, they were gone for about a week. And then <laughs> oh, back. burnt off. <laughs> I had one where we went on holiday, my, me and my wife somewhere, um, Mediterranean, and we got incredibly drunk the first night we landed. And the next day I just went, I just went to lie by the pool and I lay by the pool, didn't even think about, I was so hungover, didn't think about sunscreen. And I just absolutely burnt alive. And on I was one in agony side? on one side. <laughs> she told me to turn every 15 minutes to make sure it's all over. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I was in agony for at least 48 hours afterwards. Oh God, and, it ruined your uh, whole day. Miserable. I was so yeah. miserable. The Irish don't do well in the sun, do we? Not at all. No, he hates it. <laughs> um, with, Claude says gravity uh, Oh, gravity's good. Gravity mm-hmm. Tommy. Oh no, I thought that was East. She's replying to Tommy. Gravity Tommy's not a movie. That'd gravity was so cool in cinema. That was a good was cinematic a great experience. IMAX experience. Yeah, Because yeah. we were at it like an IMAX screening. It was really Oh fun. yes. James Zardy, one of our Patreons, uh, says Saturn 13. I haven't seen that. Don't know it. Either. Yeah. Just a title. Don't waste time. Just James, that, come on, James. Sit, tell us all about it. They're all very shy. <laughs> James, I'm writing it down. It's going on my what to watch list. Space, I know the title. I know movie I haven't heard of. And Honestly, I just, uh, season one of For All Mankind got some very space isolation. I'm so going to watch. I've only watched the first two episodes and it's still all in, in on the ground. They haven't gone into space yet. But they so do get there. But I'm so looking forward to it. Yeah, I have to. Anyone seen Solaris? I've seen both versions. Great. Yeah. If this if this was a little bit more like Solaris, it would have been epic. What's Solaris again? It was one of the inspirations for this movie, actually. Um, oh, was it? Well cited. It's a Russian. It was a Russian movie in the 70s, and then oh, George Clooney remade it. Yeah. Oh, I saw the George Clooney one. Yeah. It's probably even a better title for this, Solaris. <laughs> yeah, it was taken actually. twice already before this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the problem. Also, actually, Fox were wary of funding this because Solaris tanked for them five years previously. <laughs> they oh. really should have learned their lesson. Yeah. Wow. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. They should have They should have uh, learned from... Uh, anyway, no, I'm glad this film was made because it's, it's yeah. le- uh, for me, at least half Films a good are film. fucking shite. <laughs> half a, half a, a good film. I love it. <laughs> I wish you guys had just been brought in to like punch up the script before they filmed it. I think you'd have done a better job. Yeah, you could have Alex like... Garland's very good, but you know, and have, I, I think you good. can feel you can feel in its DNA there was a conflict. You know, I think they were desperately going for a theological story, and they desperately wanted to to tell a story with theological um, undertones and overtones. And I feel it's ultimately led them down a path that hampered them in, in, in telling a story you and I feel they should have loads just... of scenes that are not on screen that they would have definitely written that I didn't actually put into the film because you can you can tell it's just cut down to its bare bones and yeah, I I, I feel if they had well. if they just approached it and said right we have to tell a gripping disaster movie that's compelling and if we can elevate this to something that uh, might have some sort of theological 
messaging messaging in there. Great. We'll tell a gripping story the whole way. Sorry, yeah. Danny and Alex Garland, you're far more accomplished and better filmmakers so, <laughs> than I will ever be. But um, who am I to say? Uh, well, I can say it as well. You're right. Um, <laughs> so that's three recommends and one naysayer. Oh, yeah. Sorry, guys. I'm just, that's if okay. someone has never seen it, and I just don't, I think there's so many other better movies that we've all just mentioned there that I'd recommend instead. They're looking for space movies. I'd agree with you there, definitely. They're not as, as flawed as this. Because this is a very, very flawed film. Mm-hmm. Tommy yeah. just threw Tommy on the on the chat. He just threw in a uh, uh, a wild one. He says, "Is Danny Boyle more hit than Miss?" Oh, oh Jesus! Well, my favorite thing is, that is Danny Boyle thing. did. If you're more hit than Miss, that's a good thing. Well, that's yeah, okay. True. If you oh, yeah, if you framed right. it, you said it's more <laughs> Miss. Than I read it the other way around. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he said it's more hit than Miss. That's what it, that's what we wrote. But I think is Danny Boyle more Miss than Hit? I don't think I don't think he misses too often. No. What's he made? He's made. So I agree with Tommy. Train spotting. Shallow grave. Train spotting. Uh, T two. That, that one with that one with Ewan McGregor and Cameron Diaz. No Terminator Diaz. action at all. Uh, oh T two. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Kevin Diaz. There was no Terminator action in T two. Uh, Slumdog Millionaire. Uh, the 127 hours with uh, the arm rock guy. Oh, no, yeah. I've never watched that because the, that the idea really of it is so repulsive. I don't want to put myself through it. I I couldn't watch the the thing. The I can't scene. watch James Franco, so I never watched it. Yeah, I had to do <laughs> it as well. There you go. <laughs> you know he made the Olympic opening ceremony. Ever... Yeah, I was just about to say it. My favorite thing he's ever done is the opening ceremony to the 2012 Olympics. That was fucking transcendent. That was pretty. He wild. did something. It recently, really though, was. Didn't he? We're so informed. I'm sure you made a movie He was supposed to do a, boy, a Bond movie, remember? But then he didn't. Oh, Danny Boyle, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Danny Boyle. Someone's Kathy, are you looking forward to James Franco playing Fidel Castro? No, I'm not. I was horrified by that for many reasons. No. What is this? Maybe. I haven't seen this news. News to me. Yeah, it's it quite won't happen. A few people have called it out now as whatever. There's multiple problems with it. Racial, the least problem. Problematic. The biggest problem being that yeah. it's James Franco being cast in a movie. Yeah. <laughs> John Leguizamo yeah. called him out. That was it. Oh, well, fair play. Well, um, I don't think... Do we have anyone people... No one's jumping up into the main stage. No, but Good. they've thrown loads of comments in. You've been a great, yeah, yeah. great thanks, audience, guys. Thanks lads. for joining yes. us. And it's You're been... so much nicer to your patrons than we are. <laughs> or I am. We're obsessed Kevin. with our patrons. We love them. <laughs> I want Kevin, to see how Kevin can say that about his patrons. Guys, jump ship. Come over to our Patreon. <laughs> to our Patreon. We, treat, we treat people right. We do have well, to say our Patreons were better for voting for the movie as well, weren't they? Absolutely. They were, definitely. Absolutely. Yeah. They were more. Um, I, mean, I don't even know how to click through a link from an but email. See, we do, polls. <laughs> we do polls every month, so they're like primed. They've had a lot of training on polls. Yeah, I don't think ours even vote. <laughs> so, uh, just in the elections or anything but anyway no seriously no if you are a Patreon of the cinema no please come over to the Best Bits Patreon it's because it is such a welcome and warm and friendly place and um, we really treat you this. well this is like a presidential debate <laughs> it is I'm trying to say Kevin stop shitting on us <laughs> on our pictures come here your this gas bill's a- going up this has been an absolute uh, pleasure. I uh, it's a, a thrill for me to 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 meet you lads in the in um, folks in the in the virtual. Listen, session. this is not this thing. is not coming from Will. He's like a massive massive fan of cinema, and he he talks about it incessantly to me. It's like oh, I was listening awesome. to the latest episode, oh, and I blah blah blah. So um, uh, such a yeah. shame we're not actually that we've actually moved on to Cork now, but 
one of these in London, right? So we could have actually met up before yeah. we moved home. Kevin's well, I'd, I'd, I'd like to return the compliment because I've been listening a lot to you guys. And also, I would like to buy your three time loop scripts right now, Kev. If uh, oh. I've been. <laughs> yeah. I know they're available. What did I say that on? I, I think I was trying to. Oh, I've been super You, you, have, you have a lot of time loop skip scripts does. you're sitting on. Yeah. I, I only wrote one. I, I wrote three time travel scripts, but one went back in time, one went looked forward, and one was trapped in time. And then I this thought, oh, fuck it, I'm not going to do anymore. Well, the National I, Lottery I, are looking to <laughs> <the> movies. So, <laughs> yeah. send them an email. Uh, this was, um, I really enjoyed this. and uh, Yeah, we'll have to, in real life, get you on our podcast sometime because you can't come on our podcast if you're not walking and talking. This is a rare we, event. We tried to not... copy you guys. We did a, a Patreon episode in when we did our live show in Dublin. We thought we'd walk around like um, Phoenix Park and just like record ourselves. And it was, it was really uh hard to hear us because there was can i ask you something the, the leads weren't connecting properly and there was kids screaming and have you ever been mugged while doing it have you ever <laughs> have you ever nothing no. nefarious happened to you or you ever fall down or you nothing. know get hit by a car we no. get funny looks but we've so we're so like because we've been doing it for what like seven years like we don't even notice people staring a scary at dog barked at us one time and it really threw me but yeah the trick is actually just use a ham- handheld zoom recorder and that it's so easy so because we walked past construction and thought that people could still hear us and it was no, just like you'd be amazed at like how little the background noise actually the dates kind of mastered what volume to record us on to, right. to kind of capture us and not the background noise so some of our early episodes are fairly ropey like audio wise but we still have always had the same mic uh, so yeah, yeah. We, we speak offline about technicalities but no you oh. should do it a couple of other podcasts have done it actually and they've referenced like oh we're doing this in a mile which is really fun because I think people we find we've better energy and that's why we're actually we're actually standing now when we do this Scroobius Pip did one with his mom yeah Scroobius Pip did one with yeah. his mom did a cinema and I did the same movie with my mom and then we did a, a great what was it a great podcast mom off (laughs) it was so fun but we find that like you've better energy whereas like we'll often record like say like our tv reviews at our sofa and our energy levels are way different right yeah we find that if we record in the evening we're a lot more like loopy and and slipping up and if we record in the afternoon we're like in out no fuck-ups get it done yeah yeah Yeah, so um yeah this has been brilliant, folks. I think I, I I, we, we've forgotten. We've forgotten that we're still recording. <laughs> <laughs> you might have to cut it sooner. It's behind the scenes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, thanks, guys. Yeah. Thanks, everyone, no. for all your comments. Yeah, thank you, everyone. Who's just written there? Guys. I can't. My writing, my eyesight's too bad, actually. Is that Tommy? Thanks, Tommy. And this is what we look like on camera. Did you love it? No. All right. <laughs> Cheers, guys. Every episode is now going to be live streamed on YouTube. I've decided we're going to hold a selfie camera. Yeah. Do you know what? It seems that... Every podcast, every new podcast now is a video podcast. Because yeah. you can make double the money, which in all of our cases is double fuck all, so it wouldn't really matter. But really, you can um, you can double the money to get the YouTube revenue and the podcast revenue. We're really going inside baseball now. We are, yeah. <laughs> Stick around for all our podcasting <laughs> tips. and uh, We'll be on TikTok streaming. later to answer all your questions. <laughs> <laughs> all and right. Zimzam. And know, guys, okay. I'm so, I just want to say to the Best Bits patrons, I'm so sorry if you come to us, we're warm and safe space. Yes, we our doors our door is always open. It's the same price. <laughs> Just right over. No, there's 
to the Cinemoil patron, patrons, if you want some sadomasochism, <laughs> come on over. <laughs> and one of them was you get to whip Kevin. That was the, that's the kind of Kevin is our kind of our whipping. Oh, board. Was that one of the perks? Yeah, you actually get in the Discord. You get to actually um, really give Kevin a tough time. Right, which I think is I need so to come much fun. And join that thing, Kevin. Yeah, <laughs> it's it is so much fun. <laughs> Oh, well, I enjoy so beating them. They're, they're easy to get a rise out of. But anyway. <laughs> well, somebody's All written right. that we're gorgeous. That's nice. Uh, stop that's it. one of we'll your patrons, I notice. <laughs> I'm just, obviously, the Cork jersey worked. That's all I'm saying. And Cloda. <laughs> All right. All right. Let's right. wrap this, this up. Bye, guys. Lovely to meet you. Yeah, Bye. you too. Thanks, Thanks guys. Good luck. Take care. We have to. Do we? Have to, you have to, <laughs> I don't have to leave either. There's a button somewhere. I really don't know okay, how but... to leave. Um, do we just close the bottom thing? It's bottom left. But you have to tell everyone to go oh, leave God. this review. Well, I'll just walk away. I'm oh, just yeah, going to go to bed. I'll leave this five star review. Yeah, right. uh, good night. We we'll just go in and we we'll just check in every night and see what everyone's watching. Yeah. Right. That was the end of the best bits. And here is a clip from the lads' latest mini bits bonus show. The full episode, plus 100 more, are available on their Patreon. The best bits with Will and Kevin. No, the best bits with Kevin and Willem. For the films and the, the TV and the latest films. Something, something, something. something. Um, don't forget that you owe us 3 euro. <laughs> so okay. You can't you know, what? <laughs> oh my god. I, I did a whole Irish theme. The best bits with Kevin and Willem. Talking deviantly. Okay, right. I'm gonna find the fucking thing because it's gonna be the music to start the episode. I don't think I've heard this. You have. Well, maybe you haven't. I don't think I have heard this. I do. I suspect that what you do is you just put the laugh and emoji thing and think I'll listen to that some other time. Fuck it. That'll do. Because it's bound to be funny in his eyes. So I'll just tell him what he wants to hear. I actually only laugh the emoji when I've actually listened. <laughs> I should have taken the hint that nobody was responding to the Podbot one. Like nobody was giving me any reaction to it. And oh. I thought they hadn't listened to it yet. And then yeah. of course I was delighted with that and people hated it. <laughs> it's not it was it was it wasn't easy on the ears in the, in the sense that it was just her monotone voice, so there was no up and down. That's the thing. Yeah, I know. I tried that. my best. You're a bug and I'm a feature. Pray to this mantis or I'll eat you. And if you don't know my name, here's an update to teach you. I'm, I'm, I'm Hogwarts and I'm the future. An AI podcasting computer. The number one zero one zero zero one one producer. Yeah, that's exactly what did you do. So. Don't forget, now you owe us three euro. I come off the stage. I'm not, that. I've not. I've. I've not heard this. I swear to God. I'm going to send it to you right now, and you can get a genuine reaction. I'll actually listen to it. So I'm. I have my WhatsApp open. The best is Kevin Willem from the telly and the latest film. Talking shite at the dynamic duo. Don't forget, no, you owe three euro. I come off the stage, old dad. <laughs> That's genuinely my first time hearing that. <laughs> I just could easily have just scrubbed it from my memory. That's the other thing that could have happened. How do you operate? I I I generally just go on impulses. So if I need to toilet, I just toilet, and does I that doesn't necessarily mean I need to be Squat, in the proximity like a of a toilet. Yeah, so I'm saying you just go. I just nappy it, Kevin. I just man. I just adult nappy it. Oh, we've got loads to talk about. Um, I've watched a load of things. So have I. But I think I should get one thing off my chest straight away 
because I think the discourse out there sometimes can feel really artificial to me and it can feel like people will films to be worse than they are in order to have something to point at and ridicule and sort of create content about. Should I start the timer? Have we just started? Start the timer because I'm rare to go. I saw Madam Webb. Right. I honestly, guys, know nothing. All I I know is I saw a poster very recently. It went... There's a Madam Web film, and I'm what is this? So it's a Spider Verse adjacent Marvel movie. Yeah, it's it's one of these Sony things where they did Venom and they're doing Craven the Hunter, okay. and it's sort of an offshoot of the Spider Man movies. But I don't right. know what universe they're in because they're trying to blend them all together. So is this the Tobey Maguire Spider Verse? To me, it feels like it's in that space. Mm. Anyway, I thought. I'm done with superhero movies. I'm just over them. I watched Captain Marvel not re- long ago, and I thought it was just tedious. Are you it's so lifeless. The Marvels, not Captain Marvel, is that what Marvels? You're well, yeah. she's in it. Captain Marvel, Captain yeah. Marvel Two. It was just sort of like it was another one of those films that felt like Ant Man in that everything was chemical and synthetic and fake and mm-hmm. airless, and you know you just have sound stage after sound stage and. I just feel profoundly depressed watching those films. Where I feel like yes. there's nothing organic happening in these. From the lines of dialogue, to the hairstyles, to the costumes, to the sets, to the music, to everything just feels... It's artificial, wafer-thin, just wafery, artificially, no sustenance, no satisfaction. You know protein in it whatsoever. You feel like, oh, yeah. wow, I just, I just put something down my throat and I'm still hungry. It feels like eating plastic. Okay. On the whole, it's just drifted so far away from what Iron Man was that I just don't care about them. Yet, I found The Flash really fun because it was—it felt like a Bill and Ted type movie at times. It was off the wall bonkers, and I don't really particularly give a shit about special effects, whether they're good or bad. You know, I can buy into it because of the ideas behind it or the concepts behind it. So I wasn't like revolted by the, the special effects of the flash I just thought you know it's mm. funny to see babies falling out of windows and being put into microwaves and things like that so I went to the Madam Web not really giving a fuck about the genre but I wanted to see it for the sake of having an opinion on it and the trailer was awful it had that terrible line reading in it from the Dakota Johnson where she's, she's shitting out exposition and I think people had the film's cards marked at that stage and uh, the film itself, to me, played like a Final Destination action thriller. And I thought it was really pleasant. It didn't bother me in the slightest. I didn't have any of the issues that everybody else has. It was uh, a reluctant hero with no superpowers whatsoever other than having premonitions, trying to keep three teenage girls alive against somebody who's like the evil version of Spider-Man who wants to murder them. And they just played it out in a very cinematic way where it felt like a Sam Raimi type Spider-Man. It looked as good as that. It was all real locations. For me, it felt like a lovely throwback to the Sam Raimi Spider-Man films. And I don't get why everybody loads the film. I thought it was just fun. Oh, wow. Uh, all I've yeah. seen is the negative discourse. And you're the first voice. I believe, you know, I haven't listened to the episode because I haven't watched the film yet. I know the Cinemile uh, had differing views. Oh, fuck. Me and Kathy, we were the, so far the only people that I know who don't think the film is dire, but they've almost had a hernia on that episode. It was very <laughs> enjoyable listen to listening to it. 
Oh, I have to listen to it. He was, I'm really curious. I'm really he was curious. disgusted because Cathy was pushing back and I thought it was very, very funny. And then when I saw it, I was like, do you know what? I am actually on the side of Cathy here. This is actually grand. Right. This is actually grand. So I, <laughs> <laughs> but you That's know so what? Funny. It didn't feel like a superhero movie. So I liked it for that reason. Oh, it's okay. I'm just going to look up some of the, the credits. And I like Dakota um, Johnson's performance as well. She was playing this sort of curmudgeonly antisocial character. And to put that type of person in the role of having to be a protector is actually really fun for me. And it's a role that you don't see many female characters inhabiting. That's more like a Harrison Ford type role. And um, I enjoyed it. So I don't get why everyone is shitting their britches over it. It's grand. Thank you.